0: Welcome to Insider Marketing. I'm Mark Thomas, Head of Growth here at Powered by Search. And each week we'll be breaking down a SaaS company's marketing, giving ideas about how we would improve the strategy to get more trials, demos, and revenue using Demand Gen, SEO, and paid media. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Insider Marketing. Today I am joined by Dev Basu. Dev, how are you doing? Doing all right. Good to be here again. All oh, right, yeah, always a pleasure. Although, Dev is camped out in his basement protecting his family from coronavirus currently.
1: Yeah, that's right. I'm uh, isolating because I think I got exposed by uh, another family member. So I've got my 72-hour hold in the basement and there's nothing better to, th- to do right now than to be here and spend some time with you, Mark. What are you talking about? There's never anything better to do than that, Dev.
0: <laughs> well, like today, we're looking at Pyramid Analytics. If you don't know about Pyramid Analytics, a little bit of info about them that I prepared earlier. Now, before we dive into the episode, I wanna give you some context around Pyramid Analytics. Pyramid Analytics is a decision intelligence platform. They were founded in 2008 in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Like the majority of companies we're gonna talk about on insider marketing, we don't have conversion or revenue data, so we have to make some inferences. Today, our bet is that they're doing around $23 million in revenue. We're gonna share strategy ideas today for how Pyramid Analytics could get more good fit demos with Powered by Search founder, Dev Basu. And before we dive into the episode, I've got to apologize for my microphone quality. It should sound like this, but it does sound like it comes through a tin because I got the settings on the recording wrong. Without further ado, let's dive in. So that's a little bit of info about Pyramid Analytics. Now Dev, you know a lot about Pyramid Analytics. Give me the rundown from your your perspective what do they do
1: what are they good at where should we start yeah it sounds good so we don't have access to any of their internal marketing stats as you have already shared of course in that introduction but we do know some people over there who are working on their demand gen and their marketing they've got an amazing new chief marketing officer jackie who's being on board and she used to actually work with us at another one of our clients that's how the introduction basically ended up happening so here's what pyramid analytics does i think the problem that they're really solving for is large enterprises have their data sitting all over the place in different databases some of which are on premise some of which that are in the cloud you know they've got it sitting on sap or aws and some of them are using something like snowflake and making sense of your data is really hard and so if you think about Especially a business user, somebody who's non-technical, not a developer, trying to figure out their data, you know, at powered by searches level, we use something like a data box as our business intelligence solution. But that problem of having so much data and making sense of it becomes exponentially harder the larger your your company actually gets. So what pyramid analytics does is it focuses on enterprises who have all this data sitting in a bunch of different places and they have tried to visualize that data to make sense of it so they can make better decisions. Now the category is called BI or business intelligence. And I think what they're really doing is reshaping the category or creating a new blue ocean of their own by really focusing in on the problem. And so what they're reframing at, reframing it as, is decision intelligence. And the problem that they're solving for is with so much data and taking these dashboards, taking forever to build and maintain, decision-making in the enterprise slows down because I mean, it's a little bit of a, a given, isn't it, that large companies move slowly. I think there's room to challenge that notion. I think that pyramid analytics is coming to the table going, it doesn't have to be that way. And so speed to implementation and speed to insight is really what they're working on.
0: Those are big tasks to do data can be an absolute nightmare when you do it at scale. In a previous life, I had an experience where a product that I was working on scaled rapidly. So we had 1 million data points in over like two, three years. And then over a weekend, we went from 1 million to 16 million, right? And it was like trying to extract and uh, manipulate data that was completely covered in treacle or molasses or whatever your uh, your suite of choice is. It's such a hard thing to engineer. And like, yeah, you're totally right. At a certain point, you do reach the point where it's no longer a viable thing to use the tools that you would just say, hey, why don't you just try putting it into this tool like as a solution? And you have to go for something that is more like the kind of decision intelligence or data intelligence platform for enterprise. Where should we start here in terms of looking at how they're currently doing in marketing?
1: Well, I reckon maybe what we should start off with is, you know, the, these types of companies usually have a channel sales approach and being able to build relationships. And often what ends up happening when you have a change of guard really in the, the marketing and demand generation, there needs to be an alignment with the chief revenue officer or the VP of revenue, for example, and the, the, really the the name of the game is how do we feed more deals to our sales team? And so obviously the website becomes a big part of that. And so maybe we start off with the website and its positioning and some of the pages that we would expect to see if you happen to be a complex enterprise buyer, I'm just looking through that on their site. And then we can talk a little bit about, you know they've got tons of great content on their site, how best to get more awareness to that content Perhaps we also look at some of their key money pages, like a request a demo page and whatnot. What do you think about that?
0: That's good. Let's start with their homepage, because that's a great place to start for any SaaS company. Let's start off with that. the homepage hero here. The homepage hero, the title on it says, Say goodbye to business intelligence. Say hello to decision intelligence. Faster, more intelligent decisions for the enterprise. Request a demo. Now, You've got to remember with an enterprise business that it's not it's definitely not a direct response they're looking for. They're not looking for someone to sign up and say, "Hey, I want that right away." In fact, most of the time with enterprise level businesses, what people are looking for is for you to engage in any way that gets an email address so that you can be qualified or disqualified to a level of like marketing qualified versus like sales qualified trials, demos, those things. So it's kind of okay to not say 100% what you do on one of these pages. That being said, Pyramid Analytics is in a market where if you come looking for a solution, which people will be doing, they'll be looking for a solution to this specific problem. You need to give some more context about what and how you're different to the rest of the options in the marketplace. And I think that's a good opportunity here. So saying business intelligence to decision intelligence doesn't actually really say what the product will give you. It doesn't describe your life pre and post. And taking their position and updating messaging based on basically the, the benefit and how, how they're different to the rest of the options on the market is a good option here. It's a good first move. In fact, clear and differentiated positioning is expressed in messaging is almost always a great first move uh, for companies with complex offerings in particular. I think I would start by trying to understand and you know helping a company like Pyramid Analytics understand Why do people buy? What are the problems that they're trying to solve for? And getting really specific around how you're different in solving those problems from the rest of the options on the market.
1: Let's talk about some of the options that they get compared to a lot, even if you, whether it's through a Gartner report, which they're part of, uh, as part of that particular magic quadrant, or if you just go pyramid analytics versus on Google, the types of auto search suggest terms that pop up are Tableau and Power BI. Tableau is owned by Salesforce now. They got acquired for about 15 point something billion dollars not too long ago. And then Microsoft has its own power business intelligence or power BI solution. And so, you know, one of the big things that we know to be true about this space is that it takes a long time to get to the decision of buying a particular platform like this. And sometimes even a longer time to get to the value. There's no click-click value type of interaction that you might have with a product-led growth platform where you can execute rather quickly what ends up happening instead is it can take up to six months a year maybe even longer just to get to the point where the implementation is done and the economic buyer is able to enjoy the value of the platform that they're buying so pyramid analytics i think fundamentally the way that they approach this is they're able to cut down the time to that but that's not something you get to learn not easily, at least on the homepage. And as you go, you know, further down on the site so, I completely agree with you, say goodbye to business intelligence, say hello to decision intelligence, it makes the visitor wonder and makes the visitor think what is decision intelligence, and they need to be in the right frame of mind, have the time, have the space to go down the rabbit hole and to learn more. I think if you compare that to Tableau's homepage header, it says, find easy answers to hard questions. And it's true that everybody in the enterprise has got these hard questions, but there's an assumption that the answers or the process of getting the answers is going to be hard as well. So even though there's no category creation being done there from a, from Tableau standpoint, I would say that they're applying a a more of a human approach to how to go about this. Microsoft on the other hand, with Power BI says, find clarity when you need it most empower team members to discover hidden insights hidden in your data with Microsoft Power BI so both of those things i think you know there's a book way back in the 90s called don't make me think and it was about a it was a usability book and the idea really was the more friction you add in the process the harder it gets for someone to make a buying decision and what we knew to be true is that a confused mind never buys and so the opportunity I think over here is to reframe the problem, the fact that it takes so darn long to be able to get to the point where your data is actually useful in a format that can be consumed by multiple different stakeholders within a company and then talk about the how, like how we do this differently as the decision intelligence, right? Like what you need is not BI, you need decision intelligence instead.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. And in fact, you can support that narrative with content right so what you want to be doing with that is not just saying okay well here's a page about decision intelligence but you want to be thinking about it in terms of stages of awareness so when you think about sas products and the customer journey you think about it in terms of is my customer problem aware are they solution aware are they product aware right those are the kind of the main stages of awareness that we think about But when you're creating or trying to build a term or trying to own a term, you also have to think about that in a kind of a meta context. You have to be thinking, okay, well, if a buyer comes on and knows what business intelligence is, that's one thing. And they might be looking for a tool to create BI dashboards, right? That's fine. But what we're trying to say to them is, well, this is not business intelligence. This is decision intelligence. So you add a layer of awareness that you also have to get your prospect to accept, acknowledge as a pain for them, and then go off and consider solutions. And if you're the category leader because you've created the category, great, but it's hard, then you get them to think about buying a product. So that's one of the reasons why category creation is actually really, really hard. It's because there's a whole layer of awareness that most other businesses don't have to deal with. However, if you're going to do it and you're going to double down on it, The best way to get people to become category aware as well as product aware is to do that with content and a lot of it and to tell the narrative or explain a narrative about how you go from business intelligence product aware to decision intelligence product aware. Explain the relationship between business intelligence and decision intelligence in a way that gets people there over time. That's how you do this.
1: Yeah. And fundamentally, I think like, you know, when we're taught to write in school, there's this idea of comparing and contrasting. I think that that can't be embedded and hidden. It needs to be really pushed up to the surface so that people don't need to think. And they can just go, "Ah, I get the difference between it. Uh, The homepage does have, there's a section on it where in blue, it says decision intelligence built for what's next in data. And then there's a, a Venn diagram. of It's sort of the... The overlap of business analytics, data science, and data prep. Now, when we look at something like this, we would typically look at that and go, those are role functions within the enterprise that are very different owners, that have very different owners, who often have to work with each other but don't work with each other on a daily basis. They may may come together for a particular project. And each of those people care about things very differently as well. So I think one of the things, Mark, maybe we dive into a little bit is always thinking about how do we make the existing brand awareness and traffic that comes to the website work a little bit harder? And I love this book called The Theory of Constraints. It was written in the 80s by a guy called Eli Goldratt. And the entire idea was that you never grow to your potential you always grow to your constraints and that's where you stop. So maybe we can identify a couple of the constraint points or the friction points basically in the business. Is that okay? That sounds good to me. Let's, uh, how, how do you want to stop? Well, maybe, why don't we just work backwards from the point at which somebody goes from being a web visitor or browser to somebody who is now a sales qualified lead. Let's kind of put the bottom line up front. That's what, you know, a company like this desires. I was thinking about maybe looking at their various ways of requesting a, a demo and then maybe talking about the way that their pricing page is, the path to their pricing page is actually laid out over here. That cool? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So like most you know, enterprise platform uh, SaaS platforms, the website has got a contrast, high contrast requested demo button right up in the the nav. When you go to this particular page, however. One of the things that's kind of interesting that i'm always looking for is what are the different page layouts in all of the different ways you might be able to convert so the one that's in the site nav the sticky one basically starts off with a header it's got a product shot in it which is a good thing but then you need to scroll down to actually be able to see the form and the form starts off with where are you located and what are you interested in using pyramid for the location thing is basically got one of those standard You know, let's go from Afghanistan being the first country to like Zimbabwe being the last country on the list. And of course, you know, we probably see the same five to 10 countries pop up as being the primary. I never understood why this alphabetical order is the sort of standard user experience pattern over here. But using IP base, like we think you're located here, let's pre-fill it. But you can change that, of course, as well might be a good way to start. The only reason to really do this is for lead routing. If you've got global teams and let's say you have somebody in Singapore, you send them to the the Singapore account executive team rather than to a North American team, that might be a good reason to do it. The second question is what are you interested in using pyramid for? And it's basically got, again, a couple of fields, enterprise BI, advanced analytics, embedded analytics, and OEM. Now the OEM part is, to me at least, confusing as someone who's, again, not a buyer for this particular platform. I'd be thinking about this going, You know, can I start using some humanistic language basically associated with this? Or even instead of calling it enterprise BI, I want to turn my data into intelligent dashboards to make decisions. Right. My current analytics solution is too basic and I need something more advanced. You know, I need to embed my analytics in a way that can be shared with all my stakeholders. And so that just kind of gives a, I mean, you only really learn that language by talking to your customers and understanding what job they need the platform to do. Those are some things to just focus on just in terms of the actual demo page itself. I'd say that one of the things that I'm also looking for is any divergence between their key demo page versus other pages on their site digging around i found that they actually do have a 15-minute weekly demo and this is a group demo type situation where the landing page i think is far better than the one that's in their sticky nav you know it just says data to insights in 15 minutes demo series register to for an upcoming session to see pyramid in action and then the form is refreshing to see that it's only got a couple of prompts So whoever was behind that decision to not ask for 12 details and your social security number, kudos to you. You're just asking for your work, work email, first name, last name, and a date. Just the essentials to begin with. And maybe you can ask for some data afterwards. So this would be an example of like if this page structure works, and we know that people don't have 60 minutes to land up and stay on a demo just to begin with, why not adopt the same structure on the sticky nav? You know Why have two different layouts where one is clearly proven to work and perhaps gets a lot of PPC traffic to test it. They also have another one where, you know, it's a, a custom demo where you can actually see your data within Pyramid Analytics, which I think is an even better offer to say, hey, you know, we'll import your data in. It'll be basically a done for you type of demo, and then you'll be able to see your data visualized. I think it really supports the proof point that you can get to a result in a short order instead of having it to take, you know, six months or a year. But I just go like, if these two types of page layouts the sort of the typical page layout of content on the left and the form is on the right is working, why not try to incorporate that on the main demo page as well? And then uh, add in a couple of those form enhancements that I just spoke about.
0: It's really good insight there. One thing, additional thing that I've seen work really well is when companies have a lot of different versions of speak to someone. So on Pyramid's homepage, they've got live demos, demo with your data, which by the way, I think is a great concept, learning live, which is kind of like, I guess, webinars, contact us, and pricing. So there's five different ways to take the next step there, but they're all pretty much become a qualified lead. When that happens, what I've seen be really successful is basically chopping out most of those except one or two. So you always have to have one CTA at least. You can maybe have a secondary. That works. And the reason that works is obviously it shortens the path to conversion and lessens the number of options that a person has to become a lead. However, the way to do that and the way to work out which one is not to say, hey, what's the best practice? To look at your data, so pull out from your CRM or whatever you're using. (laughs) These guys have got data, I imagine, all around them. So pull that data out and say, okay, in a table spreadsheet, which conversion events where somebody started becoming an MQL or an SQL or a lead, which events happened most frequently where, and how valuable in a number of different metrics, is each one of those conversion paths. So you can ask how valuable they are in terms of what's the LTV? What is the conversion rate? What's the average revenue revenue per account of each of those? But the key thing is to work out which one is sending you the best fit. It may be that you're getting a high a high value but a low volume, and maybe that's fine for you. Or maybe you need low low value or mid-value, but high volume. That is a, a step of the conversion improvement process that really a lot of people don't seem to think about from my experience. But it adds huge value because it increases the conversion rate on the page. Great. But it also increases the value of those conversions downstream.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so you're talking about sort of the upside of having some streamlining and then going to customers and even to your marketing automation and CRM system. But you know, you could even lead with a hypothesis that basically says, look, the propensity of somebody who attends a 15 minute demo, that's a small time commitment. The propensity of that person now wanting to demo with your data goes way up because they've seen it in other people's or a dummy data context to now go, I wanna see it with my data. And then let's go bring in some stakeholders from the company to see our data, right? That's a very common path of being able to go build this out. And right now though, there's a lot of, uh, I would call it call to action cannibalization because Right on the homepage, you've got request a demo that goes to a different place than the live demo than the demo with your data. So there's actually quite a bit. I mean, I would say from a theory of constraints perspective, just optimizing those three things is going to change the trajectory over a couple of quarters of not only the, the number of sales qualified leads, but also pipeline revenue as well, because you're going to have better nurture points and you can start seeing where the friction basically is. One other thing that I found to be interesting in terms of a design decision was, you know, pricing is a common component of all of these different platforms. It's actually one of the pages that's the most visited pages on SaaS websites today. If you go on the pyramid analytics website at the time of when we're recording this pricing is in a sub nav, which is part of the homepage rather than it being sticky. So if I want any other part of this site, let's say I'm going into solutions for insurance or something like that, I don't know what this thing costs. And, you know, in the pre-sales process, generally speaking, at least I need to have a general idea of even if I don't know what the range is, how do they charge? Is it monthly? Is it annual upfront? Do they work with my size of company, for example? How do I even go about that? The thing is that their pricing page is actually very low friction, because if you go to it from the homepage, it leads with straightforward, no surprise, no hidden costs. Because every customer is different, we provide a quote tailored for your needs and request a price quote, which is a different call to action than request a demo or a live demo or, you know, let us do this with your data. The only thing that they ask for is an email address, which is perfect because It allows, you know, even if you abandon through the rest of the process, now there's a way for you as pyramid analytics to communicate with the person who requested a a price quote. One of the small things that we might look at doing is why not just add that back into the navigation because it's such a critical point. And then it opens up doors for other things like remarketing. So let's say somebody requested a price quote or they got to that page and they, they bounced off. Now you can follow up with case studies and things like that on various paid social channels or on Google display, for example, to bring that person back, assuming that you didn't have their email address at all to communicate with them with.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. In fact, the pricing page is, an op- is a great area for improvement here. It's, it's a lot of possibilities on it. Copy on it is not particularly differentiated. It doesn't doesn't explain clearly what I'm going to get pricing for. There is also a piece of copy that says we do have a few questions for you, mid-market or enterprise, on-prem or cloud. And then a thing about features. There's actually no opportunity to enter an answer there. When I put a email address in to test this, I got no success message other than a low contrast piece of copy, which replaced the form that says your information's been submitted, we'll get in touch with you soon. I wouldn't be able to read that if I didn't look for it. So there's lots of kind of tactical opportunities there. But Deb, your your point in the kind of the, the more strategic and business oriented kind of context is really, really important. And actually, before we finish up here, because we've got a couple of minutes, uh, there's obviously a whole lot more we could say here. But, Dev, you mentioned earlier on how on the homepage, there's this Venn diagram of the kind of three functions, so business analytics, data science, and data prep, and how how we're trying to get people to understand that they need decision intelligence, or at least that they need Pyramid's product to achieve what Pyramid call decision intelligence. Now, in our kind of way of looking at SAS websites, we call it the SaaS authority architecture, there's a key section of pages there about who it's for. Now, they currently have solutions pages, but I think a big opportunity for Pyramid is to say, okay, well, look, in business analytics, what does it look like to benefit from decision intelligence? What are the job titles? We can create pages for business analytics, decision intelligence benefits, basically. And giving people an opportunity to read for themselves how decision intelligence through pyramid analytics will benefit their day-to-day lives is a part of the website that currently is missing, I think.
1: It is. And I would say that there's two sections that are actually missing. One is exactly what you identified, the who it's for broken down by broad job type and one of the sort of the pieces of feedback we often get from our enterprise clients is well there's the job function but then the role titles can be all over the place so i guess what mark and i are kind of getting at is you don't need to focus on the role title like whether it's a manager for example or an individual contributor It's more so the type of job function, basically, that they're going after, which I think Perman have actually kind of done. Like, you know, they're calling it data prep. Now, I don't think anybody's called a data prep expert or specialist. You won't find those people on LinkedIn. But you will find people who talk about how they do, you know, exchange, transform, and load, what's commonly known as ETL, in the data ingestion, data standardization, data uh, sanitization, which is all part of like just getting your data in order, like organized, right? In a way that can be ingested and then, um, you know, transformed and loaded essentially. So that's one type of of person that we could create a page for who would care more about the data prep abilities that Pyramid offers than the business user who's interested in analysis and whether that's a business analyst or a decision maker. And then they also um, work with data scientists as well. And we have a couple of clients who exclusively sell to data scientists as well. What we realize is even within data science, there's roles that break down over there from machine learning models to predictive models, for example. And all of that is something that is, it's, you have a couple of paragraphs of text and at least there's a a page on pyramidanalytics.com, which is slash decision intelligence platform. And even there, the amount of content that is dedicated to the three different areas of the address is relatively shallow. And so we would recommend maybe breaking that out in terms of how it it works, both in terms of who it's for, but also use cases. A very common one that we end up seeing, of course, is, hey, we've got a solution for your industry. And lo and behold, if you're in the enterprise, the industries seem to be the same every single time, like finance, insurance, government, manufacturing, retail, and healthcare, and so on. And then the typical use cases inside of that are also not that different from, you know, one enterprise platform from to the other. So for example, risk management will always be part of what's included in the financial solution kind of page in what context. So, you know, we have another client called Explorium where risk management for them with financial services has everything to do with being able to take external data sets to predict risk, right? But if, what if instead of predicting risk, the, the use case here is to measure it instead because it's an insights platform. It's a, at the end of the day, it'll visualize it. So you can see whether your risk is going up over time or not. The use case is subtle, but different. And so building out those use case pages, I think can not only improve conversion, but it allows all these inroads as well. Like imagine being able to run LinkedIn ads to risk management analysts in financial services with a page about the specific use cases that leads to a brochure about the seven mistakes they're making currently with their Power BI or Tableau instance. I mean, that is so specific that it would just convert like a charm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, that's all we have time for on this episode. But Pyramid, if you're listening, we'd love to talk to you about all of the other ideas we have. (laughs) Give us a call. Thanks for coming, Dev. Uh,
1: Always great to be here and jam with you, Mark.
0: Hope you get out of the basement soon and <laughs> catch you in the next time. <laughs> okay. I hope so too. <laughs> catch you soon. Well, that's it for the day, but friend, it doesn't have to end here because if you want to do something about your SaaS marketing, you should go to our website. We have heaps of in-depth blog posts, podcasts, and other resources about how to grow your demos, free trials, and signups with demand gen SEO or PPC. Now, if you want us to help you with that, you can book a SaaS scale session by clicking on the work with us button in the nav bar. Or you can follow me on Twitter at IamMarkThomas. That's Mark with a C. Or follow our founder, Dev Basu. That's D-E-V-B-A-S-U. I'll see you next time for another episode of Insider Marketing.